This is Legends Territory, Scotty Braun, AJ Pierzynski, and thank you to our MLB Players Alumni Association fam for setting up the best former player conversations. Check out baseballalumni.com for more info on your favorite players. Quick reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, this is also in podcast form on Apple and Spotify. And now let's bring in this week's legend, 21 years in the bigs, 14-time All-Star, 13-time Gold Glover, seven-time Silver Slugger winner, former NLCS MVP, also a former American League MVP in 1999, the Hall of Famer, Pudge Rodriguez, joining us right now on Legends Territory. Pudge, how you doing? How's life? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Everything is uh, great and uh, very nice to be this morning with all of you. Pudge, is that all, all the awards you won, or did we miss any? Because <laughs> I, I think Scott ran out of air, name listing them all for like three minutes. <laughs> well, he's missing a few a few things, but it's it's, it's more than plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you most proud of? Uh, well, you know, as a you know, as a player, you know, when you win the when you win a World Series, obviously that's that's a really good uh that's a really good uh, good award. Obviously, it's a it's a team effort. Obviously, starting spring training and basically play. For eight months, pretty much, uh, kind of. Um, it's a grind season, 162 games, plus the playoffs, spring training, all that stuff. But I think uh, 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 World Series, when you get that trophy uh, and raise it up to the sky, I think it's a, uh, it's a good feeling. But, uh, uh, but I'm very happy to all the awards that I have and my career, the MVP, Gold Globes. Uh, and all that, but uh, but when you win a World Series, it's special. Do you th- who do you thank for the World Series? Do you thank Miguel Cabrera? Do you thank Jeff Conine for making the throw? Do you thank JT Snow for not hitting you hard enough? Or do you thank Steve Bartman at the end? Or maybe Alex Gonzalez for uh, goading that uh, well, double play ball? I, I think I start with uh, Alex Gonzalez. Thanks him for that ground ball that went between his between his leg uh i think the fan wasn't that into the into my uh, uh into my opinions uh because always fans always that's the first first reaction but i think uh uh if you think about it uh, uh really a couple of plays later that's when the error from Alex gonzalez happened and then that's when we opened the rally up uh but i think uh you know uh the Conine throw when we're eliminating the Giants, uh, Miguel Cabrera after the home run, after Clement threw it on in his face, you know, hit a home run the other way. Uh, I think it was, AJ, I think it was meant to be because we uh, we was the underdog that year. Uh, nobody stepped in us to, uh, to win the World Series. So we played relaxed pretty much. You know, we did play... Uh, we there, we do our best, but basically we all in the club was relaxed every day. We play in the playoff, and to be honest, I think that's the reason that we win the whole thing. Did I you? I forgot Josh Beckett too. By the way, I forgot you were putting down fingers for Josh Beckett, mm. who was just exactly that season. And, and Josh Beckett, you know, in his prime. Uh, basically, I don't think he was in his prime yet. I think later on when he went to Boston, that's where he started to become the pitcher, basically, that we saw. But uh, but in, in with the Marlins in 03, he was still in Nasty, he was still in a great pitcher, but he was still learning how, how to pitch. And uh, uh, I got him in 2000, and, uh, in that, during that year, in 2003, and basically what I teach him uh, the only thing I changed uh, with him was that I want him to pitch more inside. He didn't pitch inside enough uh, the year before, and and basically, you know, as a catcher, AJ, when when you establish the inside part of the plate uh, in the game, basically pitches down away, sliders down away, or low and away you're going to get a lot of ground balls or strikeouts. And basically that's what I did with all, with all that starting pitchers and the whole staff. I make them, I make them show in and pitch in and make sure the pitchers own 
the inside part of the play. But basically, all my outs and all the grounders that I was looking for was down the way. What was the theme of that team as a clubhouse? It's weird because, of course, the Marlins won those two World Series in, what was it, a six-year span, but then the teams disappeared in five seconds. (laughs) So, you know, we've spoken to plenty of legends about, you know, famous clubhouses and guys that stood out or, um, you know, a a whole clubhouse kind of getting together. Um, you know, with one goal in mind, what, what do you think was a the theme? Because you played for so many different teams and had so many different personalities. Well, uh, uh, the Marlins won in 97 and we won in, nine, in 2003. And basically, same thing happens to our team. After we win in all three, bloom, everything. You know, all the players uh, went to different to different teams. I don't know why they did that on the Marlins. I was expecting all of us to come back uh, the following year. And I think if uh, if the Marlins organization decide to do that that year, we probably double up maybe the World Series because we have a really, really good team. Uh, but again, you know, that's, that's, that's basically, that's basically baseball. But, uh, but I think, I think it's all, uh, overall, as a team, when you, you know, when you start spring training, when you start a, uh, working out things in spring training that you that you need to that you need to work on, I think everything starts uh, spring training. We start with just uh, with Jeff Torbor as a manager, and then you know after the uh, couple of months, three months, we get Jack McKeon on. And what John McKeon brought to the team was something different. Obviously, good chemistry, uh, a manager that was walking around uh, around the clubhouse on on the bench. Obviously, the only bad thing that he has at the time he was having this huge cigar smoking it in the clubhouse, and all this smoke in the clubhouse was all over the place. But uh, but at the same time, you know, that was something that we that we need at the time. We need a manager that uh, that knows uh, all this situation. He was a winner before, and and basically, I think that was pretty much uh, everything. Um, we we have a really bad uh, first half of the season. Uh, we finish uh, ten games uh, under in the first half. Then the second half, we came in, we did a team meeting. Uh, and after that team meeting, we we start playing the game that we we work in spring training to to do. So the pitchers start to did a good job. All the starting pitchers getting healthy. Then we bring some some guys from the trade, like, you know, uh, Jeff, uh, 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 Ugi Urbina, uh, Chuck Fox, all those guys came in into the into the team and make the team more stronger that year. Pudge, I know why you didn't come back to the Marlins because you signed a big fat deal with the Tigers and they weren't going to match mm-hmm. it. That's why you left. I don't know about the rest of those guys, but you were like, <laughs> "Oh, Mike Illich on line one, yeah. Oh, you want four years, forty? Oh, okay. See you later, Marlins. I'm going to Detroit and help rebuild that team. Oh, he brought Miguel Cabrera over. He brought that whole guys. He ended up in the World Series a couple years later. So. That's why you left the Marlins. I can't speak for the rest of them, but good job. <laughs> well, but it is it is true. I can, obviously, uh, when I make that decision, uh, you know, even my family, fans, uh, a lot of people around me told me, "Are you crazy that you going to the to the Tigers after you win you win that year in all three, and that's the team that lost a hundred and sixteen plus games." uh that year and i say yeah that's what i'm going uh and i think that the reason that i did that aj uh i don't know if you know but if you don't know i will tell the story that's how why why i make a decision so uh uh, scott boris was my agent at the time and and i was having you know a few other offers uh uh in the market uh, but obviously, uh, uh, Dave Dombrowski uh, gave us a call. I was on the call, and he was explaining to me the reason 
he won he won and brought me in first. And the reason was that he told me then that he wants to rebuild the whole uh, Tiger organization uh, completely. And he promised me that he's going to bring more players into the into the ball club. And he, he told me straight out that in two years we're going to be you're going to be in the World Series uh, again. And basically, my God, that's what he did. You know, he brought uh, Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera. Obviously, we we call a very good pitcher that we all know today in Justin Belander, eh, eh, Placido Polanco, eh, Carlos Guillén. Uh, all those guys, he brought all those guys in, guys that was already established in the game as a superstar and we start to bring all these, you know, all these players that we need on the field and on the pitching staff and in the bullpen. And and two years later, we win the World Series. But let me tell you, AJ, you know, uh, uh, when I played there for, for five years, was one of my best five years that I played there. You know, the, the fans are very loyal, very good fans, always come to the park. You know, I was very happy and proud to wear that English D in my chest for five years. And obviously I I had to I had to drive almost forty minutes to to my house every day, uh, because I live in Bloomfield at the time. But every time you come to the ballpark it's a different uh it's it's a it, the atmosphere was super cool, super nice, fans there and when you play you know, it's a, it's a good feeling play there in Detroit. What did Scott Boris say to you? Because I know you talked about the conversation you had with Dave Dombrowski. Was Scott's conversation more simpler? Like, hey, dude, it's a really good offer. <laughs> Man, uh, Scott Boris convinced everybody, to be, <laughs> to, to, to be honest with you. The way, uh, the way that he's playing it, the way he talked makes a lot of sense. And basically, he did. Uh, because I, I play in another World Series. Uh, we we build that team. We rebuild that team. I am very humble to tell you guys that I was the first one coming in, and in two thousand and four, and then the team become my winning a winning team. After that, you know, it took us maybe a year or two, but after two years, when we win the World Series. If you see, if you guys see the numbers by season after 2003, the the Tigers become a playoff team every year, and basically, as I feel very, very happy for that because, to be honest, it's, it's it was a tough decision going to going to Detroit after win after win with the with the Marlins and other offers there was great team as well but uh but i make the decision there and i'm not regret it i was very happy there and basically that's why that's why he said look you know i want you to go to detroit because they're going to build the team around you and that's what you're looking for and that's what you want you want to you want to take care and you want to and you want to be you want to be a leader that's that's the team that you wanted to be. And basically he, he told me that the Tigers give me that, uh, that opportunity to become, you know, the guy to talk to the players and, and run the pitching staff. And, and I'm very proud to say that I, I did a good job doing those five years there. Hudge. Miggy was there. Miggy was traded for you there. Obviously, I was in the AL Central. We played against you guys a bazillion times, right? I mean, that was always Tigers. We had some battles, whatever, Verlander, you. Miggy, Gein, all the guys, you know, you forgot Maglio. He's going to be mad at you, by the way. So make sure you <laughs> apologize to Mags when you see him. I'm sorry. Maglio, but it's okay. Maglio is in Venezuela. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> but my question is, Miggy's, this is Miggy's last year. You were there. It was first year in 03. came up now 20 years later. This is his last year. Do you ever wish that you could have just stayed with the Tigers the rest of your career? Obviously, you bounce around. I bounce around. Or stayed with the Rangers your whole career, gone back to the – I know you did go back to the Rangers. But for me, like, you look at Miggy, he was a Marlin. People forget he was a Marlin. 
They just know him as a Tiger, right? And, and for me, you're a Texas Ranger. So are you a little jealous that Miggy got to, to have that ride? Uh, not, not, not really, because I, I, pl- I played really five great years there. Obviously, you know how you know how baseball is. Uh, you know, that, you know everybody pretty much. Uh, when you play this game, uh, you are available all the time to go out in the market and and get players for you. And that's what happens to me. You know, I got traded to the Yankees because at the time, you know, they they want to get some young players, and I was the right player at the time for the for the Yankees because it was going uh you know fighting to the playoff but uh but miguel uh like you say you know he plays a long time with the marlins uh, i think uh you know miguel for me is going to be first ballot hall of famer when he retired this year and in five years he's going to be there for sure uh i think he's probably going to come in as a tiger but again you know when you play with two organizations and you win a World Series in in in, in one of them and and played that many many years, uh, is is always is always nice. I think uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera's career is amazing. Uh, I know I know him since 18 years old, AJ, and uh, when I saw him in spin training at the age of 18, 19. I knew since I saw him, this kid is going to be a superstar. The way he hits, the way he plays, uh, the position, and we gotta we gotta think about this too. The what Miguel Cabrera did in the beginning of the year uh, of his career, it was really hard to do because he didn't have a position. He plays first base, he plays the field, he plays third base. So when we call him up. Uh, with the modeling, we're calling up because uh, uh, the third baseman um, got hurt, uh, and uh, and so so we call him up. Yeah, I forgot the name right now, but anyway, I'll remind me in a minute. Uh, Mikey Low, Mike Low got hurt, and then uh, when Mike Low got hurt, he started to play third base. So when Mike Lowe came back, he plays left field. He plays first base when uh, when uh, when he needs some day off. And so uh, to keep that offensive numbers the way he he did playing different position is amazing. And 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 still in the Tiger, he's still doing the same, playing different positions. So uh, the numbers are incredible when you have multiple. Uh, triple crowns in your recipe is amazing because uh, that's not easy. You know, when you when you think about batting average, home runs and RBIs, first in the same year, that's hard to do. It's, the reason that I say that is because it's not the ability. You got to work hard before the game to keep that, you know, momentum going in the average and the home run and the RBIs. And and he did that uh, pretty much his whole career. And again, I'm going to finish saying he's the first ballot Hall of Fame after this year. Do you feel like we're covering him enough in his final season? I I think like, so. Are you seeing him in the spotlight enough? Well, you know, I, I I I like I like to see him speak a little more. He's shy, you know. He's he's, he's you know. And, I, and I'm surprised because Miguel speaks really good English. Uh, but again, that's me. That's that's the way Miguel Cabrera. That's the way Miguel Cabrera is. Obviously, he's a shy guy. He doesn't speak much. But uh, but I'm very happy the the way that he's you know the the, the, the players and the and, and the teams receiving him. We just did. Uh, uh, I think it was like three or like a month ago. And I presented to him here at the at the ballpark. I'm in I'm I'm in Arlington right now, here for a week uh, with the Rangers. So we did a a nice ceremony for him here. Uh, we given a, a a horse a horse saddle to him. I don't know what he's gonna do with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what he's gonna do with that. But basically, we just 
we just give him a nice uh, ceremony before the game and uh and I'm very happy and and I'm you know I'm happy and as I, I want to say thank on behalf of him I want to say thank to all the organizations that he's been playing that they give him uh a final a, a standing ovations or ceremonies before the game he professional equestrian something like that maybe I don't think, in the I don't, future I don't think he has a bunch of horses because he lives in Miami I don't think he's riding horses I don't think he has I don't think he has one. I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, he has enough money to buy one. He can, he can buy, buy a home in Miami. He can buy the whole slew of horses. Horseback riding on the beach, and now he has his first saddle. Well, so he has, he's good to he go. Has, he, has, he has plenty of, spa, uh, of space in Miami. He has a horse country in South Miami. He has Wellington right there close to him, so he can do that. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to Texas then and your playing days there. I want to start here. So you signed a big deal there and it was revolving around rumors that you were going to be dealt for another very good catcher in Jorge Posada. So what do you remember from that time period and what maybe can you share that you couldn't back then with, I would imagine, some drama going on? Well, I... I play. Uh, I play here from um, '91 to 2002, and again, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, when 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 you play this game, obviously, they're gonna be teams calling to see if they're, you know, if they want to trade players. And and in 2002, happens, it happens to me because the the Rangers at the time they wanted to go. Um, in different directions. Uh, we have some couple of catchers in mine leagues uh, that they are, uh, that they're planning to bring it up. And, and that was the, and that was the plan. And so, uh, but yeah, I was uh, in trade doing that year to the Yankees for Jorge Posada and also a very good left-handed pitcher in Andy Pettit. That was the, that was the the trade that was uh that was going on and 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 basically uh basically uh, i just i just leave it to the to to the rangers and and to the agents i didn't bring wanted to put that in my head because i was i was playing and i was a player that i was focused and concentrating my job you know things outside of out of my control i just I just listened to the guys that they know that at the time was Scott Boras. But again, you know, I finished the season. I went to free agent. I signed, uh, I signed in another, uh, another organization. Actually, ended up winning uh, the World Series. Uh, we we make the playoff uh, three times here as the Rangers. Uh, I was here three times in uh, make uh, on the playoff, but unfortunately, we are playing. First round with the Yankees and those and the Yankees at the time was uh, a team that nobody can beat and we got eliminated really quickly in the first round with them. But at least I have a chance to play in three playoff with the, with the uh, with the Rangers, then move on and win in Florida. What were you? What do you think those Rangers teams were missing to beat? I mean, obviously everyone was missing something to beat the Yankees, but. You guys had all the all the hitters in the world back in the mid '90s. Think you should have brought back Nolan Ryan to maybe you know show some well, music we, to some we, of those Yankee guys. <laughs> well, we have we have we have a good team. We have a good team, AJ. But my God, I mean, the Yankee has a better one. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> the basically that's the answer. Obviously, when they have that that caliber of pitching, um, you're talking about uh, Mike Messina. And the Pettit, David uh, Wells, uh, uh, all those guys at the time, they was one good pitcher, one good pitcher after another one, and they shut and they shut us down. Obviously, we have <clears throat> one of the best lineup in the game at the time, you know. But obviously, when when team has good pitching, obviously uh, pitchers dominate and that's basically what happens uh they play well they 
you know, they do their little things, they do their little baseball the correct way, and that's how they, they beat us so quickly. Pudge, you were 19 years old when you got called up to Texas. 19. People, I don't think people realize 19 years old. I mean, I was 21, and I'm, like I can't even imagine being a starting catcher at 19 years old. You had Nolan Ryan. What was it like catching Nolan Ryan? And by the way, you still have the best helmet of all time, that little blue one you wore with like the no yeah. the, the no yeah. bill on the back. Yeah, I mean, that was back in the day. If you had one of those, you were like, all right, I'm, I'm pretty good. Tell you what, I would love you to come to Puerto Rico and see my death museum. That helmet is there. <laughs> that, that that helmet is there. So um, so when I got when I got up in nineteen at nineteen years old, obviously I was basically nervous. A young kid uh, came from Tulsa, Double A. I played there for uh, for only a month. I didn't play Double A uh, fully season, so I was I I started my I started my minor league career in in single A in Gastonia. And then the second year I was in Florida, uh, Florida State League in Port Charlotte. And then I only played a month, month and a half in Tulsa. And they called me up uh, for 14 day, uh, 15 days because Gino, Gino Petrali got hurt. And they're supposed to bring me back, back down because they want Gino to continue uh, uh, catch that never happens uh, anymore, but uh, but when I got there, obviously I I was nervous. Nineteen years old, first game in Chicago, I didn't expect it to be in the lineup. So I, when I walked into the clubhouse, I was in the lineup, eighty nine, and catching Kevin Brown. My first guy was Kevin Brown at the time, and Kevin Brown, you know, AJ nasty sinker at the time, ninety eight. 99 sink uh we we end up winning that ball game and then uh, the next day i i catch nolan right uh but uh but the cool part about about catching nolan ryan was then the next day i was i came in uh we went to the meeting room with uh pitch, with the pitching coach uh his name is tom house uh he was the pitching coach at the time and Nolan came in, and I was there. Bobby Valentine was there, and we start going through the report. And Nolan stopped the report, you know, after the first uh, after the first hitter. And he looked at me and said, "Son, basically, what you need to do, I just want you to put fingers down. You know, this is fastball, this is curveball, and this is changeup. Okay. And when you call fastball, you go in." Or you go out, and I throw it to you, and I and I throw it to you, and I'm like, okay, Mr. Ryan, no problem. So that day, he ended up pitching six, seven innings, uh, two hits. We we he lead the game, winning, and then they tie the game at the end, and I got the game winning base hit uh, at the end in the night to win the ball game. So overall, it was a great game. It was good for me. But the good thing was that uh, when you have a pitcher like that to just say, look, I give you the green light to put the fingers down and I'll throw it to you. And and, and he pitched the way he pitched that night. I was very happy at that moment in my career. Did Nolan call you Pudge? Yes, they called me Pudge since day one when I was 16, the, uh, 16 years old. It was a... The name Pudge came right when I got there to spring training. And I don't know, I'm sure you guys know what Pudge means is short, stocky. So I was a very short guy, very, very stocky. And then uh, it's a coach, uh, Chino Cadahia. He's uh, now with with the Royals. He was the, he was the catcher's uh, coach uh, at the time. And... You know, he started to watching me throw, you know, to second base with a good arm. And and he said, you know what? I'm going to call you Pudgy from, from now on. So the name, uh, the name named Pudge stayed in the game into, into now. You know, I, you know, when I, when I'm on the streets, I always introduce myself as an Ivan Rodriguez. But 
everybody's keep looking at me, but they say, but you know, well, you punch, right? Say, no, yeah, I'm punch Rodriguez. Yeah, they got you. So everybody knows <laughs> me now. Everybody knows me more from for punch than my own name, Ivan. Wait, hold on. So then who's the real punch? You or the, 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 everyone thinks that's a Mike Trout jersey behind Scott, but that's actually Carlton Fisk. The other way, Scott. So who's who's the real pudge? Is it which because you're both in the Hall of Fame, you know it's uh... I I I you know that's that's a great question. Obviously, I gotta say him. Obviously, he's older. <laughs> he he has the name. He he has he has the he got he got the he got the name name way 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 before me. But obviously, uh, in the baseball world, you know when they say pudge, everybody knows. They spoke Rodriguez the catcher. I like it. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Own that nickname. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah, own that. Yeah. Be like, dude, I broke all your records. Guess what, <laughs> Carlton? I'm Pudge. You're not Pudge. Listen, look, it's it's right here, AJ. Look. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, uh, it's good marketing. <laughs> and I think there were a lot of catchers for a time period, or a lot of kids who were like. I got the same frame. I'm going to be like Pudge. Oh yeah. I, listen, one of my one of my biggest things when I was growing up was he was the man, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was being a catcher. You're like, damn, I want to be like him. And then I got to play against him, and I was like, I got no chance of being like him. <laughs> he goes way better than me. He hits way better than me. And so like when you because when you it's like one of those things where you see guys on TV and you're like, oh, I could do that, and then you see him in real life and you're like, I got no fucking chance. <laughs> no. No, 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 it's not true. You're good. You have a great career as well, as you know. And, uh, you know, what you did, obviously, uh, is a little different than me because, obviously, you're 6'3". Um, you have a – you taller – you're taller than me. That was, see, that was and my I problem, think, Pudge. I was I was too tall. See, if I would have just been, like, you know, 5'9", like you. <laughs> too I would, tall. I was too no, tall, no, yeah. No. If I would have been, like, 5'9", no. I would have been able to throw freaking piss missiles to second base. <laughs> no, but but to be honest with you, it makes a, it makes a constant sense. Obviously, my height helps me a lot because I was only 5'9", and uh, for my knees and for my body, it was less impact than probably you or Sandy Alomar, or all these tall guys that obviously behind the plate, great, great players, great catchers. But, uh, but obviously one of the reasons that the, my career was so successful behind the plate was because my height. So you could also bash homers, right? And um, there's an article that came out recently at over 300 homers about a potential legends oh, home man. run derby. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up, especially with someone like Pudge is, Pudge, you know where the all-star game is in 2024, right? Exactly, yeah. Pudge, my I'm going to answer this one be, for you. I'm, oh, my right back. Here. No, my back. You're going to be like, oh, my back. There's my back. already confirmed. There's already like well, soft confirmations from Poppy, if, if, uh, Tommy. If I'm participating, this is the first thing I'm going to do. (laughs) (laughs) No chance. I I can't see anymore. No chance. (laughs) No way. If I I call you, if I'm the commissioner, hey, Pudge, we'd love to have you participate with, with the rest of the crew. You don't think you could throw a few over the wall? Oh my God! I will be a great broadcaster. I'll be behind the microphone talking about everybody else. <laughs> we can put you behind the plate. You could be the catcher they have behind the plate. You can talk shit to all the hitters. Well, if it's if it's a net in front of me, good. But if it's not, I won't do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> who, who do you think's the favorite? We could know. He'd be the favorite if we put Radke out there. There you are. <laughs> we put Radke out there. Yeah, well, would be a winner. Throw. You had eight homers off him. I tell you what, if Ken Griffey come and participate, he's going to win. I mean, the way that they hit batting practice at the World Baseball Classic, hit home runs all over the place, just just give it to him. Or Ichiro. You know that, AJ. Ichiro. He yeah. Wins. yeah, but what about – so you have Pujols recently retired. He's probably going to do it. And then people have talked about maybe them asking Barry Bonds. Who, he won't do it. No? No way. 
Pudge knows he won't do it. He won't do it. But Barry won't do it. No, I don't think so. I tell you, I tell you, maybe the guys might do it. And well, those two might do it. Pujol, Pujol probably can do it. If they call Rafael Palmeiro, which is he lives here, he might do it. He's still in big shape. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Tori Hunter. Tori Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Well, pop. So the names that that were in that Jason Stark David, article. David. David Ortiz. Ortiz. Yep. He said Ortiz, Griffey, Pujols, Tommy already basically said they would do it. And then what about A Rod? Or Maguire? I don't know. Nah. No, I don't know. I love. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, no, because no, because you're not going. You 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 don't want you don't want to bring thirty. You only need like five. So so we already said like five or six guys already. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll broadcast it with you. We'll bring you. It'll be we'll a ba- it would it'll be baseball. It will be baseball softball. <laughs> they're gonna get those softballs that they bring them remember those guys that used to bring around to the parks that could hit them in the upper deck and you're like with the softball and you're like how the hell are they doing this and then you pick up one of the softballs and you bounce it and it hits the ground and it goes like 30 feet in the air and you're like man because if he's softball i may have a chance <laughs> celebrity softball game you're in right oh, yeah yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, uh, you know, just we, we just we we now that we are talking about the All Star game, you know, here I think it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. Um that's what I'm here this week. We're gonna we're going to announce the All Star game next year here and people here are already excited. I mean, unbelievable. And especially that new ballpark uh there. Uh, I think AJ you've been here before, right? You've been in uh, the news, uh, the new stadium broadcasting, and it's beautiful. You know the the facility inside is is unbelievable. Obviously, it's not going to be a hundred and ten degrees like right now. It's going to be seventy degrees in a dome, and ballpark is beautiful. The 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 aisles, the concession stand, it it feels like you're walking in the mall around here. So it's going to be a lot going on, and especially this, you know, the hotel that I'm staying and this one, the brand new, which is going to be uh, 900 rooms across the street over here. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great and can't wait for next year's All-Star Game. Here. Best part of the new ballpark, Pudge? Air conditioning. Because, you know, you take the field <laughs> in Arlington and it was 125 degrees on the scoreboard and you're like, Oh, it's eight o'clock. Like, what the hell are we doing? And then, are they going to move the fences in for the home run derby? Because that's not exactly a hitter-friendly park. Let me, tell you, let me let me tell you a story about when I was playing here. I I changed my game jersey three times during the game. During the game, I I lost five or six pounds every every game when I was playing here in one hundred and ten degrees. Uh, I love to play in the heat. Um, that's what I'm from. I come from Puerto Rico, so for me it was was good. But uh, play here at seventy degrees, uh, no no humidity inside. Uh, I mean, it just it's unbelievable. So every time every time I come and watch the game on the sweep down in the play, in the field level, it's it's amazing. How beautiful, how comfortable these players are playing in this in this field. So it's it's great to have a dome here now, especially in this era of, of baseball, having all these kids uh, play at seventy degrees. You know, for me, you know, the careers are probably going to be way longer because playing playing this playing that weather. So I'm I'm very happy that. We have this beautiful stadium here in Arlington. Do you think if you played in the new stadium, the Globe Life, you could have caught 162? Didn't Jim Sunberg, didn't he catch 160 or 100? He was close, right, to 162? Well, he didn't catch them all. You think you could have done it in the 70-degree air conditioning? Well, I, I, I averaged 125, 135 in the heat 
so you make the call. I think so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that they would have let you? That's even maybe. A, a, uh, I, no, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was, you were my hero because he caught every game, right? So I was always trying to yeah. play 120, 130 like you. Now, granted, when I first came up, I had the dome, so it was a little bit easier. But do you think they would have let you? Because I know there were times where I would catch like 10 in a row and they'd be like, hey, you got to have a day off. And I'm like, but I don't want one. So could you have fought your way into the lineup? Well, today, today, today's game is different because, you know, the analytics is, is, is so different today. Uh, back, in, back in our days, you know, we decide when we want a day off. And, and I, I think today's game, I don't think you decide when you want to have a day off. I think they give you the day off based on the analytics uh, from the game of pitchers or whoever is pitching better matchup against better matchups, things like that. Uh, but again, uh, I'm not, I don't know how many games, to be honest, I can, I, I can catch right now because I, I play in the old school era. You did as well. And we decide to make the, we decide to, to pick the day off that we want. Uh, but right now, I don't think the players have that right to, to ask the manager, I need a, I need a day off. I think uh, uh, obviously that's because the way that the game is, is today. But, but if I'm, I don't know, if I'm playing right now and I have the, the mentality that, that I play in 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 my days in the in the nineties, I'll be I'll be playing every day. How did you not pass out all the time from that heat? Like did you do, did you have like a ritual where you'd like dunk your head in water every few innings or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have this cold water, the cold cooler thing with ice and obviously they they put us you right, they put us some some towel, cold towels around. Uh, drink a lot of water, uh, Pedialytes, a lot of Pedialytes that I, I drink, uh, uh, obviously doing, uh, doing the game. And, and basically that's, that's about it. Obviously the, uh, we have a, a air conditioning behind the, behind the dugout. The wheel, the, I always go there every every one or two innings i don't like to go every inning because i didn't like the feeling of the of the two different temperatures they like hot and cold going but uh but when i was feeling a little you know grind maybe after a long inning i'll go there for a few minutes and come back up we'll swing right back to legends territory in a sec let's shout out our good friends that hook us up with the sweetest shades in the biz yes shady rays who we are excited to be partnered with for this run of legends territory do you want world-class products without paying your ass off these are your guys right here okay if you like what you're seeing right now but you feel like you shouldn't be paying at ridiculous prices for polarized sunglasses that look good, that give you all of the style, all of the protection from the sun for your eyes. This is where you need to be looking. Plus, it's not just about how you look, but how you're treated, which is important here with FT and with LT and with everything that's a part of the Foul Territory group and the Legends Territory shows is if you have a problem like you lost or broke your shades, we don't need to have a whole talk show about it okay i like how aj is really contributing here <laughs> <laughs> i'm just looking good in my shady rays oh now that i took them off i can contribute thank you actually i liked what you were doing just just shaking your head agreeing with everything i say which is rare i'll go back to that <laughs> but if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. That is part of the lost and broken replacements plan. And also Shady Rays has a great setup for receiving shades and maybe you're not into them within the first 30 days. Cool. Return them. They'll get you something new or they'll refund what you've got. So lots of ways to be taken care of by the best in the biz, Shady Rays. And we want to remind all of our 
watchers, listeners of Legends territory that you too can be like AJ Pierzynski. Exclusively for Legends territory watchers and listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season at ShadyRays.com. Use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. AJ, you nailed it. Back to Legends territory. Hey, so also something that's a little different from your playing days. Catchers have a unique challenge of how they are able to block the plate. And this year, yet again, it was focused on with actually the most famous moment coming from the Texas Rangers and Jonah Heim. And the entire world was confused about the rule. And then the next day, Heim hits a homer and does the replay review sign. So what did you think of that whole situation with the Rangers? And are we in an okay place for catchers right now? Because when we bring catchers on to the shows that we do, they're like, I don't really know what to do. I just hope I'm not in that exact situation because I'll probably be screwed. Well, uh, I like to see baseball the way that we play in our days, obviously. Uh, uh, that is a, that is a scoring position for me. And, and we give, I think we are given too much space, uh, to the runner to score. Um, uh, and if you can see a lot of a lot of slides that the, the the runners are doing is from the right side of the batter's box and touch the home plate with the left hand. And for us, for me, as as a catcher, is is way too far for me to go and tag that guy uh, because because my feet has to be in front uh, of the plate. Uh, Basically, uh, basically, there is a lot of uh, changes in the game to make the game to make the game faster. I know that technology is there, and they they want the players to stay healthy and not getting hurt a lot. But but for me, in my opinion, you know, when you play at this level, at this level, you always wanted to play the game hard and. And that's the way I still, I still saying it. I, that's me. That's my opinion. Uh, you know, I played, I played twenty one years in, in the big league, and they hit me a tons of times. And I still, and I still talking to you guys. Okay, <laughs> so for me, so for for me for me, uh, again, you know. Uh, Sometimes we have to be careful how we say these things, but uh, but that's the way baseball is. But I think uh, if they can do just this tweak, a little bit more adjustment behind the plate, and when 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 runners trying to score, I think it's gonna be a lot better. Hey, listen, <clears throat> you and me both got run over a lot. I was all for it. That was like my favorite play. Dude's coming down third. You're getting the ball. And you're like, let's go, big boy. Let's let's go. Let's yeah. let's man up. And you're gonna run me over. And you're gonna be out because I'm gonna catch it and hold on. Just the 2003 JT Snow, right? And the exactly. NLDS. He he didn't try to slide. Yes, we pudge. And then the, the moment when he's like, ah, and basically like, fuck you, I got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Which listen, you had all the right to do it. Yeah. I mean, ended exactly. the series. You guys went on to win the World Series, but like that's exciting. That's what people. Nobody remembers a guy sliding way over there and a catcher diving. To, like, no, we want to see. I want to see the. I want to see how AJ McGray went, going to second and, and crushing it. AJ, when I make that play, and when I make that play, a home play with JT Snow, uh, I saw him after the game when when we, because we are leaving from the same tunnel to go out, right? So I was with my family. I got I got a little cut in 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 in, in this side of my face. And JT has his mouth all open up, all open up. And then I, you know, I check his hands and he told me that was a heck of a play, even though that he has that cut. So, so that's part of baseball. What I'm saying is that's part of baseball. Baseball is a game that, look, you know, the heat of the game, 
uh, when it's a play of the game, uh, I try to knock you down so the ball goes uh, in the ground. And your job is to absorb the the, 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 the impact and let it go, but keep the ball in your hands. And basically, that's that's what you got to teach today, those kids that don't force yourself going forward. Just let 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 the guy hit you, and then you just let it go 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 in the ground yourself. But keep the ball in your hand. I think that's what we teach if if they change that rule a little bit. What about fights? Do you miss fights in baseball? Uh no, I just did. I have I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we all? Didn't we all? I, you, no, listen, no, you were I, I, hey, you were the you were the catcher though in one of the most famous fights of all time. So when Robin Ventura went out there, you didn't stop him. You were you like go try and kick no. Nolan's ass because I know Nolan's <laughs> going to kick your ass. And Nolan just took him and was like, "Hey, listen, little fella, I'm going to beat your ass." I'm telling you, Robin did a big big mistake doing that. <laughs> oh my god. The, you know, just charging the guy, the the, the race uh, uh, bulls, you know, competing in bull riding things and all that and all that stuff. So it was a, it wasn't a. I mean, it was incredible. Obviously, that was waiting to happen uh, because the series before in Chicago, he slide hard in second base, and Nolan got mad. And, uh, obviously, that's it happens here and. Uh, that's one of the fights that is, I think that's one of the history fights in, in baseball, the Ventura Nolan Ryan, uh, fight. But, uh, but I will tell you what happens the, uh, there. I, we came from Kansas city and, and I got hit by a bat from Hubie Brooks and I was having a surgery in this side of my face. In this side of my face, and I have a a, big, a piece of plastic here in my cheekbone. And 48 hours later, I was catching. I was catching because he wants me to be behind the plate. So I was having this surgery, and then the fight happens. And I was in the middle of everybody. Everybody was on top of me. And basically what I was doing is just cover this part of the this part of the face because all we I was having stitches and all that patch in there and I didn't want to get hit. But uh but that was that was a cool uh part of it that I was there with that and then I was right in the middle underneath and I was and I was listening to Nolan Ryan saying all those really bad words to Robin Ventura when I was when he was when he was punching him. <laughs> Pudge, who who did less in that fight, you or Ozzy Gian? Who was, if you watch the replay, your boy Ozzy was just running around the outside. Everyone's fighting, and Ozzy's just running around. You can see thirteen just bouncing. Meanwhile, you're you're in there with a broken cheekbone, and Ozzy's like, "Look at me, everybody! I'm I'm fighting." <laughs> yeah, I'm fighting. He, he, he was throwing punches and, and and walking back, throwing punches and walking back. <laughs> <laughs> What, what did the guys say in the clubhouse after that entire brawl, right? Like, game's done, you head back into the clubhouse. What, what did people say? Were they like, holy shit, Nolan, you kicked his <laughs> ass, dude? Well, uh, well uh, basically, uh, we, all, we, all, we all sit down and start uh, basically talking about that. Uh, Nolan was already, already there in shorts and a t-shirt and, and sandals right there uh waiting for uh for all of us but uh but i i know it wasn't it wasn't that uh, much conversation <laughs> basically we saw pretty much everything on the field uh <laughs> it was nothing nothing to talk about so uh, what we saw was that nolan ryan really destroyed robin ventura <laughs> in the field <laughs> and so but but other than that we just we just took it like uh we just took it like a joke inside. We all start laughing and all that, and then everybody went home. Hey, Pudge, so have you heard Robin's side of the story? Do you have you ever heard Robin talk? Have you ever talked to Robin about this? No, he he, he uh, actually actually he never 
he never talks about that. Uh, and basically, he didn't came on Nolan Ryan's documentary neither. So no, he so didn't. He say no. He say no. He say no. When I, he managed me in 2012 in the White Sox, so we were like, "Hey, no, we want to hear the the Nolan Ryan story because there's Paul Canerco was at that game watching, and it was Sportsmanship Night in Arlington. <laughs> so Sportsmanship <laughs> Night. So Paul's like, "I got to hear the story because I was he was in the crowd." And and what Robin says is he said they had a meeting before the game, and they said Nolan's going to hit somebody. Whoever he hits, you have to charge the mound. And Robin was like gets hit and you, if you watch the you've seen the replay a million times you can see him you just see him go oh no like he didn't want to go he, he didn't go out there and he'll tell you he's like i did not go out there a hundred percent and he goes that was the biggest mistake of my life he's like because that dude kicked my ass in front of everybody and he's like i didn't go out there mad he went out there like i have to go and i'm gonna get my ass kicked and I well if you I, well let me tell you if you see uh, yeah, this is still the replay about the fight. So when he got hit, he started running towards uh, towards Nolan, but a halfway he he just slowed down. He just he just slowed down. He was kind of like, do I should do do I should do this or not? <laughs> so he did. So so he did. He didn't have no choice. They just keep going. So but he did slow down in the middle on the on, between the pitcher and home play then that's what you know he just got in and then the first i think the first mistake they that they, they robin there was that he put his head down and when he put his head down nolan just grabbed him like that and started like bunching all over i mean like a thousand a thousand times on their knee on their knee and then we all went in we all went on top of it and then i was down there very close to to the action and he was still hitting them right there <laughs> on on underneath and i'm like how how can these guys keep hitting this guy with all with 20 people on top of him but he find the way they just keep going keep keep hitting them and again that was that basically that was the that was the story you know, never good to go into a fight where you're like, ah, damn it, I gotta go after. If you are, if you are not, if you are, if you are not ready, don't do it. No, no. <laughs> hey, well, I see you do CrossFit now, right? I see you posted on your I, Instagram. I do, I do. I, I still, I still working out. I still keeping myself in good shape. Obviously, uh, I'm doing it just to stay healthy. Uh, but yeah, I. I do, I do CrossFit. I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the, basically the heavy part of the, of the CrossFit. I just, I just do the way that I, that I can handle. But I do a lot of, I do the cardio part of the CrossFit, which is really hard. Yeah, I love it. No, I bet there's probably someone in class who's like, Oh, this guy might not be able to keep up. It's like uh, I caught like 150 games in the big <laughs> well, every so year. I think I'll really, be good. I, I really don't have a chance to talk to anybody because when you do the when you do CrossFit, you do like four, five, six uh, sections, and you gotta and you gotta rotate. You gotta do that. You know, you gotta do that five, six, seven times. So now I'm in the. Um, I start uh, doing that three rounds. And now I'm doing seven, eight rounds. No stop. It's not really a social scene. No, cross. Too damn tired. <laughs> exactly. I want, I want, I want, I want AJ to come to Miami and train with me. Oh God, no! I don't want you. I don't want to get. Usually shown. AJ on interviews start, gets no, himself start, into a, a golf start, invite. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I listen, want to. Yeah, listen, here's the deal. I'll listen. Take start you. with three reps. Start. Start with three rounds. Okay. Okay. Only if you take me to play golf, though. You have to take me to golf. Yeah. We every day I play golf every day. Where Lagors? We're going to the golf course. Yeah, we go to we go to Lagors. Okay, okay. Done. We'll All right. Talk about yeah. good business to go. I'll, I'll, I'll text you. Yeah. What are we, dude, <laughs> he's one of my. We played golf a bunch together. He's awesome to play golf. One right, of my but favorite. now I need to see his ca- so CrossFit at seven a.m. and then golf. Go. I won't be able to make it. But his his caddy he always has a caddy. His caddy's the best. Laughing, goofing around. He's got one guy. He's got a go-to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Santi, Santi, Santiago, Santiago. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. All right. Well, we'll let you get, get uh, back on the links there, Pudge. Great to catch up with you. We appreciate the time. And a quick reminder to everyone, um, the MLB Players Alumni Association sets all this up behind the scenes. You can hit up baseballalumni.com for more info on your favorite former players. New episodes of Legends Territory is uh, out there for you every single week on YouTube and wherever you get your pods. Pudge, thanks, man. It was great to talk. Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah, love you, buddy. See you soon. Thanks, buddy. Can't wait.